The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
love story of Jesus Christ coming and dwelling amongst us as a man dying on the cross and being resurrected in glory making an atonement for us opening a pathway a road a narrow road that will take us all the way into the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven I don't want to just talk to you today on Pilgrim's Progress and be like the sound of beautiful music. You see, there's another side to this love story. A love story has to have two people. It had to have Ruth and Naomi. It had to have Ruth and Boaz. There are always two sides to a love story. One side alone will not suffice. It's not a love story then. It's a tragedy. I want to talk about your side and my side in this love story. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for listening. Now let's go right to the scriptures after we pray. Almighty God, I can't I can't speak your word today out of my flesh. It has to come from your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And lift up Jesus before our eyes. And cause us to see and understand. And act upon what your Holy Spirit says to us about you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I'm always concerned when I come to talk about Jesus because I don't want you to treat this casually. I don't want you to grieve the Holy Spirit from this broadcast. I don't know where you are, your car, your home, your office. But don't grieve the Holy Spirit, but listen carefully to what He wants to say to you today. And then act according to His Word. Now, I'm not going to say to you the same old, same old. It may even be frightening if you begin to grasp the true meaning of what I'm saying to you. You see, my heart is hungry for Jesus. I'm not hungry for money or power or prestige or to to accomplish some great thing. I'm hungry for Jesus and Jesus alone. And so I come in absolute sincerity and say, please don't grieve the Holy Spirit by your cynicism or your anger your accusations, or your judgment. But try to hear with fresh ears the word of God that will be spoken to you. 
It would be better if you had not listened to this broadcast than to listen and then turn aside. Because in turning aside, you only make your heart more hardened against the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't want that for you or for me. I want my heart to be tender before God. I want your heart to be tender in the presence of Jesus. In a love story, there is a choice. To turn toward the one who loves us or to turn our hearts away from the one who loves us. And the love story is finished when stiff-necked Orpha goes back home to her gods. She closes out the Lord God of heaven. You can close out the Lord God of heaven by the decisions you make in response to this broadcast. Or you can still have your religion. You can still have your church. You can still have your ways and your practices, but you will have turned away from the living God of heaven. You will turn away from Jesus. I don't want you to do that, please. Please hear my heart. Don't turn away from Jesus. Seek him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. Seek Jesus. Now let's go into the scriptures. I'm going to share some passages of scripture that if you've listened to this broadcast, you'll know very well because I've gone to them repeatedly. But I want to come with a new view. I want to come with a deeper understanding. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. So there are two functions being carried out. One is Jesus is saying, I'm the true vine, and all life is going to have to flow through me. There will be no life in you except by Jesus. And the Father comes in his function, and he prunes these branches that are growing out of Jesus. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. In other words, Jesus is saying, judgment will come upon you and he will cut you off from the life source of the vine if you are not bearing the fruit of God. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, he cuts You're going to be cut one way or another. You're going to either be separated from God and you can live in your institutionalism. You can live in your sentimental religion. You can live in your worldliness and your lust after darkness and entertainment. And you'll be cut off. And you'll be thrown into the heap to be burned. This takes time. It's not a one-off. It's time. He gives us time to repent. He's giving you time to repent. I'll show you why that's so vital in just a moment. 
The other way you can be cut and will be cut, if you're not cut off, you will be pruned. How does a a vineyard take care of mildew and and blight on their plants? Well, they don't spray it with insecticide. They cut it off. So the Father's coming into your life by the Spirit, and he wants to cut off everything that is not of him. So if he says to you, I want to cut off that television, I want to cut off that entertainment, I want to cut off that fornication, I want to cut off that pornography, if he comes to you and says, I want to cut off that cursing and swearing and that crude talk, if he comes to you and says, I want to cut this off, and you say, no, you can't cut that off. I love that. If he comes and wants to cut off the alcohol, the smoking, the pot, the tobacco, he wants to come and cut it off of your life because it's a blight on your heart. If you won't let him cut it off, it'll destroy any possibility of you bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. And if you don't bear fruit, the day will come when he will cut you off and separate you totally from himself. Decisions are being made about your life today. Do you understand that? Decisions in the heavenly realm that you can't hear, but they are talking about you. Angels are reporting on your activities, reporting on your ways, reporting on all that you do. The report is going into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is in the tabernacle above where he makes intercession for us. Decisions are being made about your life right now. Now you may think, oh, I'm fine. I've got a job. I'm, I've got it together. I'm going down the road. I'm happy. Right. But what about the decisions God is making about your life? Is he deciding to just let you go and do your deal and be proud and arrogant and hard-hearted? Let you lust after money and women and men and lust after clothing and lust after this and lust after that? Is, is he just going to say, okay, go ahead and do it? Or is it going to come and try to cut that stuff off of you? It's your choice. But decisions, and you need to know this, decisions are being made in the heavenly realm about you. And those decisions will affect you for eternity. Verse 3, you are already clean, that is his disciples, because of the word I have spoken to you. They received the word in their heart and did not turn away. Therefore, he's saying, look, you're clean, I've pruned you. Remain in me or abide in me, stay in me. That's a locative. That is a positional word in the Greek. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So he's saying, if you don't bear fruit, you're going to be cut off and cast into the fire. 
The only way you can bear fruit is if you stay in Jesus. He says, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That rings in my heart. It rings in my mind. I feel it through my whole body. It's like a bell. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, I've proven that to myself. I've tried my whole life proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, but I've not been baptized in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians, the first chapter. I've received an anointing of the Holy Spirit and I speak in tongues, and I have some of the giftings at a level, but not nearly what Jesus is addressing here. He's talking about something much larger, much bigger. You remember the Argentine revival was started when a pastor went to do an evangelistic campaign in an untouched area. And these two pastors did everything they could to reach those people, and they were utterly rejected and turned back. No success. And then this man came to terms with the fact that as a pastor, he had not yet received the Pentecost baptism. And so he began to search after that. And he stayed on his face before God, waiting on the Lord for that baptism until quite some time later, it was finally granted to him. And then the entire Argentine country was dramatically touched by God. Verse six, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I know people who say, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues and they shake and they rattle. But they see the Holy Spirit as simply an add-on for a wonderful experience in Jesus. They don't see the baptism of the Holy Spirit for service, to win the lost, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, spiritually and physically. Now in chapter 16, this is the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Now I'm going to him who sent me. Verse 5. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt 
in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me in regard to righteousness because i'm going to the father where you can see me no longer and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned now wait a minute wait a minute did you miss it he's going to send the holy spirit to you not to the world so any conviction of sin any conviction of righteousness any conviction of guilt is going to come to the world through you and if it doesn't come to the world through you they are going to go on on their path and they are going to end up in the fires of hell he's not going to come separate from you He's going to flow through your life if you have chosen to remain in Jesus instead of to remain in the worldliness and the lust of this flesh. Some of you would say, I'm a wonderful Christian, and yet you bear no fruit for Jesus, and no one is convicted of their guilt. Everybody loves you and thinks you're wonderful. What will they say if they begin in your presence to be convicted of their sin and of their guilt and of their unrighteousness? Oh, then they might not want to be friends with you. Now, you have a choice to make. You have to decide, do I want to be in Jesus and in his word in such a way that the Holy Spirit of God can come to me and through me accomplish the work of spreading the gospel. Were you so full of you that there's not a chance you can spread the gospel to anybody? You can witness, you can hand out tracts, you can do all kinds of things, but there's no conviction. You can preach your heart out. And people will just get mad if you speak about these things because there's no Holy Spirit power moving. Now, I hope you've caught the transition that I've made. I said at the beginning, a love story has to have two sides. If you're going to be in love with Jesus, you're going to have to take up the cross you're going to have to give up your life in this world utterly and completely. You're going to have to be on the side of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be in him. Are you in Jesus today or are you in your world? Are you in your busyness? Are you in the things of the world and the flesh, the lust of the eyes? Are you in all of the stuff of this world? Is that the desire of your heart? Or do you desire this love fellowship and intimacy with our Lord Jesus? I want Jesus. I hear people say God is good all the time. He is good all the time. But are you? Are you good all the time? Or are you out having sex with the devil? 
Are you making love with the prostitutes of this world? Are you going after the the money and the prestige and the power? Or are you going after Jesus? Are you for Jesus? Or are you for success and prosperity? Some pastors today have twisted the gospel and they've made it about money. It's not about money. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ. It's about entering into the oneness with Jesus and being used powerfully by him to bring conviction, to bring repentance, to bring oneness with Jesus. Now, he said he was going to send the counselor. Some translations have the comforter. And he wants to flow through you. And if that flow is blocked up and he can't flow through you, then you have to ask Jesus to begin asking the Father, interceding and saying, Oh, Jesus, have the Father come and prune me. I've been praying that prayer. I've been saying, Lord, separate me from everything that's unclean. Separate me from every person that is not supposed to be in my life. Cut off from me every branch of the flesh of the comfort of the world. I don't want it. I want to be totally given to you, Jesus. I want to be filled by your spirit, Jesus. I want to know you, the maker of heaven and earth. I want to be in the love story. I want to find favor in your eyes, Jesus. I don't want to find favor in the eyes of anybody but Jesus. If you're finding favor in the eyes of Jesus, and I'm finding favor in the eyes of Jesus, we'll find favor in each other's eyes. If we're in Jesus, we're in the Spirit. Now I want to take you to Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And there is that passage in the 11th chapter. Let me just read it for you. So I say to you, this is 11 verse 9, ask and it will be given to you. What are you to ask for? You're to ask to be pruned by the Father that he could send the Holy Spirit to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. What's he talking about? He's talking about courting Jesus. He's talking about doing the things necessary to be totally pruned and cleaned and washed and made pure of heart without sin before God. This cheap theology today that says, oh, no one can be perfect. It's not about the law. It's about a love story. It's about not grieving our lover. It's about not causing his heart 
sorrow and grief because of our rebellion and our lusting after the devil and having an affair with Satan. Yes, many of you today listening to this broadcast are engaged in a full-out affair with darkness, with the spirits of the world, with Satan. And yet you're saying, I'm a Christian. I'm on my way to heaven. No, you're not. No, you're not. You cannot walk in known sin and enter that pearly gate, and you're not going to have some mystical experience when you die that suddenly removes your sin. You must be forgiven now of your sin, and that word is aphemy. It means to be removed. Your sin must be totally removed from your life. That's the deal. You must have the sin removed from your heart. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks for a a pure heart, receives a pure heart. It's a gift. It's not something you earn. He who seeks, finds, and he who knocks, the door will be opened. The door of Jesus' heart will be opened to you. And you can enter in and remain in him. Verse 11, which of your fathers? If your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's the promise of the ages. It's by the Holy Spirit that we enter into Jesus. It's by the Holy Spirit that we are brought into this love relationship. But we must court Jesus. We must win his heart. You don't win the heart of Jesus by saying, okay, I love you, Jesus. I'll accept you. You're good to go. Now, the question is, will Jesus accept you? Will he remove the sin from your life? Not if you don't want it removed. Not if you love the things of darkness. Today, will you turn from that sin? Will you turn from your casualness? Will you turn from your false belief? that you're fine just because you call yourself a Christian. There must be something much deeper, much better, much much more in love with Jesus. Does your heart gush out your love for Jesus, or is it cold and hard, lukewarm? That's what this is about. It's about a relationship. It's not about the law. It's not about legalism, doing this and doing that. It's not about that. It's about a love relationship like Ruth and Boaz coming together as she lay at his feet, surrendered to him. You must come and lay at the feet of Jesus and surrender to him. You must court him. You must disturb your comfort and go and lay at his feet. And he will send the Holy Spirit who will hook you up The Father will cut off from your life those things that have to be cut off, and the Holy Spirit will enter into you. That's the promise.
Then if we go to Luke, again, Luke 24. Luke is a doctor. He's written to Theophilus, tried to give him a full outline of, of this gospel of Jesus. It's a very orderly account. He also wrote the book of Acts, and we call it Acts of the Apostles, but I call it Acts of the Holy Spirit. I call it walking in love with Jesus. That this is the normal life of a man or woman who is walking in love with Jesus and has become one with him. Acts is the normal outcome. The Apostle Paul is not something above and beyond what we're called to. Peter is not something above and beyond what we're called to. Aquila and Priscilla, you go through all of the characters. This is what we're called to. He called us to this. He called us to this. Luke, the 24th chapter, verse 45. Then he opened their minds. Jesus did that. Jesus needs to come and by the power of the Spirit open our minds. I know that what I'm saying to you will just go off your back and you'll turn the radio to another station and you'll never do a thing about it. It'll become like a mist from a dream and you'll be fine and you'll go on with your worldly life. And you won't change what you're doing. You won't change your ways. You won't seek him. You'll continue to walk in your rebellion and sin. Oh, Lord, I ask that you would open our minds so that we could understand the scriptures. Lord, after three years with your disciples, you had to come to them after your crucifixion. And before, opening their minds. Would you open the minds of those listening? Don't let them just drift away. Lord God, I plead with you, grab a hold of them. Your love is not in doubt, Jesus. You paid the full price. But, oh God, our love is at Deep question. Lord, please open my mind and open the minds of each of my brothers and sisters that we could understand the deep things of your spirit, that you would prune us. Father in heaven, prune my life. Prune the life of every person listening. Don't let us turn away into darkness and be swept away. Lord, we're living in a time of great destruction and judgment that's coming on America. Lord, famine is coming. Oh, Lord. Have mercy upon us today. Open our minds that we could understand the word in Scripture. Verse 46, this is, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, 
and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. The first word that comes to you in the Spirit from Jesus, the first word that comes is repent. Turn aside from the wickedness of your normal life. Turn aside from the wickedness of the entertainment of the age. Turn aside from the television and the entertainment of the, of the, of the movies. Turn aside from fornication. Turn aside from lying and cheating and stealing. Turn aside from bitterness and anger. Turn aside from all that is unclean, from malice, judgments, accusations. Turn aside. Turn aside. And forgiveness of sins. That word forgiveness at the root is aphemy meaning to utterly remove the sins. So he's saying, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness or removal of sins will be preached in his name. So Jesus wants to open our minds so that we will know the desperate need to repent. And we will experience the removal of all sin from our hearts and our lives. The sin of our actions and the sin of our ways. That's the Christian gospel. It is not the gospel that you are to repent and then continue to live in your darkness and in your mayhem. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not, oh, I love Jesus, and I'm baptized, and now I can continue to chew my tobacco. Or I can continue to go to the nightclub. Or I can continue to go to the NASCAR races. Are you kidding me? Or I can continue to go gamble with my buddies, even if it's for a nickel over cigars. No, I'm not going to do that. It's darkness. You get this. Jesus wants to call you to utter, total repentance. And he wants to remove all sin from your heart and from your life. He wants you to be pure and clean. He wants you dressed in white garments of righteousness as spoken of in Revelation. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. This is Jesus speaking. I am going to send you what the father has promised. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I've been waiting on God. I've been spending hours every day in prayer and supplication for you and for me to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When I say that, I mean let me be more let me be more specific so you'll know where I'm at. 
right now I don't have a car. I don't have transportation. I don't have any way to go anywhere. I'm waiting on Jesus. And so I prepare breakfast for my wife. She goes off to work. I spend the day alone in the presence of Jesus, seeking his face. I can't run to the store. I can't go to the coffee shop. I can't. I don't want to. I want to stay right here. And God has closed me in so that I am waiting before Jesus with supplication, with tears, with with prayers, waiting on Jesus, reading the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation and then starting again. I just started again in Genesis and I'm already into Second Samuel. And I'm going to read right on through to Revelation. I am waiting on Jesus for the Pentecost power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I can't do anything without that baptism. I've even asked Jesus if I could stop doing radio and just spend all my time seeking his face. And he says, no, keep doing radio. I don't know how we're far short of what we need for this month we're halfway through the month and we're still $2,200 short of being able to pay for the month it looks utterly impossible do you understand everything is not worked out in my life I don't have money for rent this month yet now I'm not telling you this to do something about it I'm telling you to say look in the midst of my agony in the midst of my struggle with money with ministry with outreach my whole focus is the love relationship with Jesus and obedience to his word and I'm only going to do what he tells me to do and I'm going to remain in Jesus I'm going to cry out to him I'm going to repent of everything he brings to my heart I've cut off the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I'm now seeking Jesus and the fullness of baptism. Why? Because it's in revival for America that our salvation is to be found. Our salvation is not in Donald Trump. I'm glad he's the president and not me. But I know there's no power there. The power is in the Holy Spirit as he brings another great awakening to America as he convicts of sin, but he has to do that through a man or a woman. Am I being hard today? I don't mean to be, please. I just know how desperate the need is. He says, I'm going to send to you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm going to stay in this prayer closet until I either die or he sends the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay right here. I'm waiting on Jesus. He is faithful. He has answered so many of my prayers. My cries have been heard in the heavenlies. And I've made so many mistakes. I've even hurt so many people so many times unintentionally, but you hear what I'm saying? But now I've come to a point. 
I can't go on without the Holy Spirit. This radio broadcast is his. I'm going to come and be just as honest and straightforward and transparent as I can possibly be with you. Because I want you to hear and search with me after the Holy Spirit and stop being satisfied with the cheap, shallow church of today. There's much more that he's calling us to. Church after church. They continue with their programs and they continue with their stuff. But there's no power of the Holy Spirit to win the lost so they don't touch the wickedness of this city. Men and women take to themselves great pride. I'm somebody in this city. I'm nobody in this city. Jesus is somebody. And we need him lifted up. Not me. Not some famous pastor. We need Jesus to be lifted up. That can only happen if you wait for him. Now combine that with the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit comes. The sound of a mighty rushing wind to that upper room of 120 precious believers, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, including the brothers of Jesus. Tongues of fire. Like John the Baptist said, he will baptize you with fire. Tongues of fire come. Everybody's utterly amazed. The world is amazed. They hear the gospel being proclaimed in their language, in a foreign tongue to the person speaking. And they're saying, what does this mean? What's going on here? Wouldn't you love to have people gather outside of your church and say, what in the world is going on in this church? Wouldn't you love there to be tongues of fire above the roof of your church so they see it and send the fire truck with the sirens and the firemen because they think your church is burning down because the fire of the Holy Spirit is there? Now we're talking about something that will get the attention of the Washington Post. Can you see the picture on CNN? Fire, like a mighty burning fire above the building and they're saying what is it what's causing it get out of that building people no it's the holy spirit come and repent well some made fun of them and peter stood up and he raised his voice and he began to preach to the crowd fellow jews and all of you who live in jerusalem Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. That's why I'm coming to you today and saying, listen carefully to what I'm saying. I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not being an entertainer. I'm not just a a pleasant sounding music to your ears. I hope you're disturbed. These men are not drunk, he said. It's only nine in the morning. 
Now, this is what the prophet Joel spoke of. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and the daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Both men and women will prophesy. They will preach the word. They will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, there's going to come a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The latter rain will be much greater than the former rain. This is going to come in mighty power upon the earth. And the book of Acts is going to be a minor note compared to the final note. And the Holy Spirit wants you. Jesus wants you as his love. And he wants you to court Jesus. He wants you to come and lay at his feet until you've received the real baptism of the Holy Spirit. Until you have come and experienced his righteousness and his holiness and his glory. And you say, that I love. I want to be with you, Jesus. And you allow him through repentance and turning away from all sin, you allow him to remove sin from your life. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did among you and through you. As you yourself know, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. We all did that. Your sin and my sin put Jesus Christ on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep a hold of him. God raised this Jesus to life. We've listened to the witnesses. He is now exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and in Acts 2 he poured it out. Now, he also wants to pour out that Holy Spirit for you and me. The promise is for us and our children. To all of us who are far off, the promise is for us. Will you go wait on Jesus? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'd love to hear from you. If the Holy Spirit prompts you, write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, 
Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I am seeking Jesus' baptism of the Holy Spirit. National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. Would you please also consider going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you can give online. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I pray today you have turned toward the lover of your soul. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.